Welcome back, High Defamation listeners, and it is I, your host, as always, Eric Bauer. You know, one of these days, you'll catch me on here with a guest. Nothing's in the works, but sometimes it's nice to have somebody else to share discourse with. Anyhow, if you've been keeping up, the last episode we went ahead and uploaded was a playlist for Halloween, and I hope you all enjoyed it. I did get some criticisms for omitting a certain track by a certain band off of a certain movie from a certain franchise. And no apologies. <laughs> I played what I wanted to play. Now that being said, prior to that, we had the Don't Hassle Me, I'm Local episode. One of my favorite ones that I've done and one of the podcasts with the fewest listens. It's funny how that works out. That being said, we're going to dive into this week's shenanigans. As usual, let's talk about what I've been spinning. As if you needed to know. As if you wanted to know. Did you? Are you living vicariously through my podcast? Through my opinions and my views and the music that I hold dearly close to my heart? You Men's Discography came in a very nice box set released by Sub Pop back in 2017. I talked a little bit about the You Men couple episodes back, they were a local Pacific Northwest band, Seattle area. And the box set compiles everything they did from 1984 to 1988. I also had some unreleased cuts um, and is overall a fucking rad package. Um, really nice box by Sub Pop. Sub Pop always puts pretty good work into their releases. Maybe a little expensive. Um, you know, that's up for debate. Is music... Can you put a price on music? Hot button issue. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to get a righteous amount of enjoyment out of something, it's worth whatever dollar you can afford to pay for it. Uh, members of the U-Men were involved in a lot of projects. Uh, from Love Battery to Gas Offer to even running Amphetamine Reptile Records. Um, and just a great legacy act from Seattle. Um, really hard to pigeonhole their sound. They're often attributed as being the forebears of grunge, which I think is not wholly accurate. Um, very punk rock. Uh, very DIY. They had a unique sound. And listening now, their sound is still unique. Um it's been bitten a lot, and um, they've always managed to stay on top. Um, just a great, great project, um, and really worth checking out if you uh, feel like it. I, I recommend it. Um, also been listening a shit ton to the new Crypt Sermon, The Ruins of Fading Light, released by Dark Descent Records this year. Members of Crip Sermon, if you're not familiar, have been involved in bands like Trench Rot, who are more of a bolt thrower, ass fix sort of tribute homage band, uh, as well as the band Unrest. 
um, which is grindcore uh, in the vein of disrupt, um, leaning towards like nasum or nasum, nasum uh, spectrum of grindcore. Um, not too dissimilar to uh, theories from Seattle. Um, anyway, the album, The Ruins of Fading Light, fucking rules. It's amazing. I, I was really, really into their debut, Out of the Garden. Uh, I thought it was a really strong record. Um, it was probably actually one of my favorites the year it came out. Uh, and this is not really a departure, but definitely a progression or a, a maturity. It's, it's a far more solid album. Um, there's no filler. It's just fantastic. Uh, epic, epic doom metal. Um, you know, I hate to throw out the, the big names like Candlemas or fucking Cathedral. Uh, not a whole lot of early Cathedral vibes, but if you listen tough, they're there. Um, fucking that sort of shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming up at a loss for words and I'm winging this one unscripted. Yeah. Other, I mean, other than a few little notes here and there, but anyway, um, it's great. It's a great fucking record. Uh, epic heavy as hell. Uh, the, the, the lyrical themes, uh, as you would expect from a band like Crip Sermon, uh, that, you know, they keep it medieval. They keep it fucking, uh, fantasy based and it's, it's great. It's rad. Uh, I, I definitely recommend it. And then, uh, the last record I'm going to talk about as far as what's been spinning as of late is uh, The Black Powder by Lord Vicar, uh, which came out last year on the Church Within Records. Um, and it fucking rules. Uh, you should all be familiar with Lord Vicar. Uh, one of the... I guess... Let me backpedal here. Finland is probably known for uh, a few key musical genres uh, under the metal umbrella uh, black metal um, and they've got some quality black metal uh, they've also got some fucking sketchy as shit black metal that nobody should listen to uh, that being said uh, also known for fucking guttural uh, death metal um, you know we're talking like the first few amorphous records demigod demolich convulse just fucking phenomenal. Um, and Doom. Uh, of course, you've got a, a bevy of funeral Doom bands stemming from there, as well as some excellent epic Doom. Um, and that's what Lord Vicar is. Uh, it, you could say uh, kind of in the same vein as Crip Sermon. Um, although, I don't know, a little bit more blasphemous, um, a little bit more... Um, leaning into the occult spectrum uh, of things, but nonetheless, fucking awesome. Um, got Kimi Karki from Reverend Bazaar, another outstanding Finnish doom band that uh, I can't sing enough praises for. Christian Linderson on vocals. Uh, he from fucking Count Raven, Godus, and a short stint in St. Vitus. Just awesome, awesome shit. Now, that being said... If you want to find any of those, of course, there's the internet at your disposal. But, you know, again, I'm going to echo the same sentiment that I do basically every fucking episode. Check out your brick and mortar shops. It doesn't matter how small. It could be a fucking half price books. Um, 
there's stuff to be found out there uh and sometimes you'll find some shit off of your list it's pretty amazing just get out there and 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 and, and hunt flip flip through them records anyway that all out of the way we're going to jump into the episode now if you happen to follow the podcast on facebook there's a high defamation facebook page and i posted a teaser for this upcoming joint and it sparked a, a little bit of a back and forth uh do you, would you call it a dialogue uh, or a discourse um regarding one of the bands that i was intent on covering a band that i happen to like quite a bit and still do um regardless of of um what's come up um and this was something that was brought to my attention by somebody that I've known pushing 30 years at this point in my life. And that's a long time. And a person whose opinions, whose statements, um, whose experiences uh, I value. Um, all that aside, uh, the um, politics of one of the bands was uh, put into question. And... While I stand fairly certain that the, the band in question is safe, um, in any time something like this comes up on my radar, I tend to err on the side of cautiousness. Now, uh, I'm not trying to turn this into a political podcast, although <laughs> I have plenty of opinions on politics and plenty of stances that I could go on and rail about at length um, if it wasn't already clear. I lean very far to the left. Um, some would say too far. Um, and that's, you know, it's a matter of uh, ethics, of, of opinions, dare I say. Um, but when it comes down to it, I fucking hate fascism. Um, and I don't want to ever put something that could potentially be construed as such uh, on a platform. Now, the experience that was mentioned was something that occurred at least 20 years back. Um, and, and when you get to the age that, that I am and, and that you know, most of the people that I interact with are, it's possible to start misremembering things. Um, you know, I, I can't say for certain uh, that I remember clearly a, a lineup from 20 years back. Uh, granted, 20 years ago, I was probably highly medicated. Um, now, that all being said, uh, do I think that the band in question is is uh, um, right-leaning, uh, giving a platform to, as it was put, the other boys in the hood? Um, no, I don't. Uh, at least not at this point. Um, that band has been through so many lineup changes though at this point it's it's literally one original member left. Um, but again, uh, you know, I still have that bit of uncertainty in the back of my head. So I'm not going to give it a platform. I do hope that you manage to enjoy the rest of what comes up following the transition. Um, like I said, this isn't going to become a political podcast. Um, but bear in mind that I'm a political person. Um, and I try to go beyond bedroom activism. Um, and I 
think I do a pretty good job of policing what it is that I listen to and bring into my home. Um, and at the very least, I, I do my research. And in this case, <laughs> as history proves, certain things are harder to research than others. There are certain things that aren't logged. There was not much of the internet that we know today back in 1998, 1999. Anyway, just a little bit of a preface that, that I wanted to put in front of the episode proper. If I haven't lost any listeners, thanks for sticking around. Enjoy what's coming up. So what is on the docket today? Got a bunch of good shit to share with you. Um, now, I've talked about a lot of stuff since this podcast's inception back in January. Um, and granted, I did miss some months there where I could have talked about even more shit. Uh, and I regret that. Uh, I'm going to try and keep it as consistent and constant as I can moving forward. Um, you know, but we can't take back time that's already been spent. Uh, we've talked about fucking Disclose in the inaugural episode uh, from Japan, one of my all-time favorites. We've talked about... Uh, uh, bevy of, of bands that were local to the Seattle area um, that I grew up on um, and even in that episode there was a, a huge array of musical styles whether it was punk or thrash um, you know we've talked about uh, Czech metal uh, thrash black death um, we've talked about a lot and we're going to talk about more um, and we're going to go back this episode to a, a genre that I hold very dear, uh, and that'd be fucking, that'd be fucking death metal. Um, it's probably my second real love when it comes to music, uh, from the time that I discovered subversive music, starting with punk, of course, transitioning with thrash into death metal. Um, and then from there, grindcore, uh, which I've always considered death metal adjacent. Um, some would say it's more punk adjacent. It's right on that cusp. Um, and then black metal after that, um, you know, and all this was <laughs> fucking 30 years ago, 35 years ago starting. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about death metal specifically. We're going to talk about some death metal that w when I sit down and think about it, not only are, are these, are these tracks, uh, or bands, albums that, um, I think are, um, praiseworthy, um, but I, I also feel like they're disregarded or just not thought of, um, and in a lot of cases maligned. Um, so we're going to, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get right into it. And the first band that I want to talk about first album, I'm going to fucking bring mention to drawings of the dead by mangled torsos. Uh, it came out in 1994 on morbid records. Mangled torsos were a German death metal band. Um, they had two full-length albums, uh, this one and then the, uh, the follow-up, Godless, which came out in 1995. Um, and this shit is just phenomenal. This is a band that, it's been reissued. Uh, I think Memento Mori uh, put out the reissue. Um, so it does have a following, but it's not a big following. It's a, not a band where if you just casually mention it to a bunch of people who say, I like death metal, uh, and you're you know, you're not going to get much of a response, probably. Um, 
you've got to dig a little bit deeper for this one, uh, which is a shame because the material on here is very strong. It's it's not just knuckle dragging for the sake of of being primitive death metal. Um, there's a lot of forward thinking material on here. Um, it's not all just fucking buzzsaw guitars and cacophony. There's uh, a lot of um, provoke provoking. <laughs> wow. Provocative acoustic passages on here um, that serve as transitions or interludes um, on the tracks themselves. And topically, um, yeah, I mean, they cover your array of, of gore and misanthropy, but um, it's a bit more cerebral than, say, Cannibal Corpse, um, which isn't to say there there isn't something about that simplicity of Cannibal Corpse's uh, mission statement. Um, but in this case, uh, I would say they're, uh, did I already say forward thinking? Yeah, probably. Um, I'm going to probably repeat myself a few more times today. Um, it's just very good. And one of those projects that um, I would have liked to have seen go further. Um, the follow-up, uh, while not, I think, in my opinion, as strong as the um, debut, uh, still a great, solid record. Um, they could have gone places. They could have experimented a lot more with their sound. Um, and maybe in this case, it's, it's, a, it's a case of where they didn't want to make that transition, um, say, uh, that Pyogenesis did or that uh, Zizma did, um, where they basically morph from, from one thing into another. another. Another example would be the band Dominus, who eventually became Volbeat, um, of, of all things. Um, anyway... That being said, this album, as I said, Drawings of the Dead, fucking solid 100%. I think every track on here is good, so it was really hard for me to just narrow it down to to one. There, there's a lot that I would consider um, my favorite track on that album. I hear, oh, that's my favorite track on this record. No, that's my favorite track. On the, no, that's my favorite track on this record. No, this is probably my favorite track on the record, and it is the title cut, Fucking Rock Out.
Again, Mangled Torsos with Drawings of the Dead off of the album Drawings of the Dead, one that I highly recommend you investigate for yourself if you liked what you heard. Next band we are going to discuss, next album we're going to get into Orthodox by Krabathor or Krabator. I'm not sure on the pronunciation, I've never been sure on the pronunciation. Um, you know, I do what I can. Uh, this album was released in 1998 by Morbid Records, and the band themselves hail from the Czech Republic. Um, there's a lot of quality fucking metal from the Czech Republic, especially during this time period. Um, this is just one of many. And one band that I feel like um, is often considered, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say shitty, but I've talked to plenty of people who don't see the merits in, in this band. And I don't know why, because everything that I want from death metal is present, uh, at least on this album. Um, just a phenomenal record. Uh, the reason I ever snagged it to, to begin with, uh, you know, back in, back in these days, 98-ish, um, we read a lot of Pit Magazine, a lot of Sounds of Death, um, and this record was plastered in every issue that Morbid Records could afford a full-page fucking ad on. Uh, and the record cover itself was striking. It was uh, a back view of an individual um, in um, mili military garb, um, cradling an AK-47 and a big bone. It just looked primitive and brutal 
and um, I wanted to hear it, so I, I picked it up, and it's it's been a favorite since then. Um, from the get-go, the, the, the title track is where you start off uh, the album. It's just a race to the finish. Uh, it's relentless. It's savage. It um, is... Uh, it, it, it's death metal that, that is on the political side, um, which also spoke to me and, and still does. Um, and it just, it's good. It's good. Um, it's a bit far removed from the uh, two demos uh, and, and four albums, four full-length albums that preceded it. Uh, cool Mortification was, was its direct predecessor as well as uh, Only Our Death is Welcome. Um, it's a fucking great record. They put out more records after that, three, maybe four full-lengths following Orthodox. Um, and, you know, they're all solid for the most part. There's a few albums that have some weaker material. Orthodox, I don't think, has a weak moment on it. It's just unrelenting, fist in the air, screaming at the things that you, you despise most death metal at its best, um, full of energy and vitriol. I can't say enough good things about this record. I'm going to play a track for you body as a cover. Run, 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 run
fucking killer oh my god can't say enough awesome shit about that last track body is a cover by kravathor just fucking phenomenal next thing we're going to discuss next record on the on the agenda the itinerary extinction by lemming project the lemming project were a band out of germany and this was released in 1991 by Noise International, which is odd because I can't think of many death metal bands that put anything out on Noise. Uh, you could argue that uh, some of the 90s era creator um, veered towards death metal, uh, but I don't remember that Noise put out anything after Coma of Souls. Uh, I want to say was even signed. To, that was a Columbia Records uh, release, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, that that's a tangent. That uh, that aside, uh, Lemming Project uh, from Germany were fucking awesome. They put out two records. Um, this was the first full length uh, bearing their name. And uh, if I had to compare it to anything, and, and you know, I hate fucking throwing around comparisons. Unfortunately, when it comes to music, I mean, unless you're as eloquent as, as something that you would find out of like a New York Times review, um, it's hard to talk about music without also bringing up something that's previously been done or, or something else that's out there. Um, in the hopes that that association will tell somebody uh, what they're going to hear um, to some degree. But if I, if I did have to throw a comparison out there with Lemming Project, I, the only thing that, that comes to mind easily would be like Prophecy of Doom, um, which is a little far-fetched uh, in so much that I think Prophecy of Doom, because there was a lot of noise experimentation on that record a lot of um, little industrial flourishes um, that you also hear on this Lemming Project album um, same sort of, uh, of feeling and vibe that um, Squash Bowels went for in some of their earlier releases um, this album is awesome it's just it's it's a journey uh, it is a, a brutal cold dare I say I already threw the word industrial out there and I'll say it again industrial journey through death metal circa 1991 um, I can't think of many other projects from that era that evoke this sort of sound uh, it's apocalyptic uh, it is um, it, it's it's output that you could comfortably put in with with like I said prophecy of doom or, or a band like axe grinder um, although Axe Grinder is definitely not a death metal band, um, it's, it's fucking great. And this track that we're going to hear, it, it's kind of a long cut. It's hysteria. And for my money, the best thing on 
The Record, Extinction, released 1991, Noise International. Yeah. 
making headway here, folks. Diving right into the next one. And this is a project that um, came across my radar uh, during kind of a, a transitory period uh, of my life, uh, right around uh, 2001, changeover into 2002. Um, going through a lot during this time period. And uh, one of those things, that, like I think, is probably the case with all of us who have any sort of obsession with music. Um, music is kind of what got me through this period um, on top of, you know, uh, outside support. Um, and this is one of those albums that, that um, I had read about. It got a, a lot of press uh, around the time that it released. Um, and then they kind of just dropped off of the radar of basically everybody uh, involved in, in the underground scene at the time. Um, I'm talking about Anna Sarka from Germany with their album Moribund, released in 2000 by Mighty Music. Um, Moribund is the second album from Anna Sarka, followed up uh, their first album God Machine, which was released in 1998. Um, and God Machine was a fairly straightforward death metal album. Uh, no frills, no bells and whistles, uh, nothing really to make it stand out as remarkable, um, which isn't to say it's a bad record. Uh, I've, I've listened to all of the Anasarka output, um, including some off of the, their most recent record, which dropped not too long ago, um, within the last 10 years. Uh, and it was good. Um, I could be off on my time. It might have been like 12 years ago. At any rate, that's, uh, I, I, I digress. Because um, we're talking about Moribund right now. Um, this album, um, I think, has a little bit more polish than the debut. But I don't want to say polish so much as it has more songwriting chops. Um, that, and it's got a shtick. Um, the, whole, the whole premise of the record itself is that the lyrics... Uh, were all contributed by um, prisoners on death row. Um, as such, uh, there's that thematic tie throughout the entire album uh, revolving around uh, execution by the um, prison institution, um, if you will. Uh, and it, it's hard to think of this kind of topical... Um, matter on an international scale uh, coming from America. Um, I have a hard enough time uh, really pondering the subject on a national scale. Um, it blows my mind that this is something that our, our prison system still does. Um, and at the time, um, this band in particular was uh, kind of obsessed with the idea uh, I don't know how they got the contributions for the lyrics. Maybe it's just lore. I, I don't know. I've never talked to anybody in the band to uh, verify. Um, the idea of it, I think, though, is sound. And in execution, um, it's great. Um, you know, uh, the lyrics uh, basically confront a huge range of, of topics and subject matter from um, the idea of redemption to the idea of... Um, being manipulated by the state um and it all ties together really fucking well the album as a whole musically it's just devastating it is a devastating thrashing uh, i would say 
masterpiece of death metal there is not a weak track on here and it's all just it's all just all guns blazing all the time uh, the guitar work fucking just phenomenally clean razor sharp deadly uh, you can hear the bass which is excellent that's not so much an issue uh, in death metal as it is say black metal um, but there are uh, many death metal bands that kind of forego um, giving a righteous tone to uh, to their, their bass playing, and, and this one's got it. Um, and the, the rhythm section as a whole, not just the bass, but the drums, just fucking uh, onslaught of fucking hammering the skins. It's, it's sick. Um, this is my favorite track on the album. I, I've listened to the album a lot recently, um, but it's been some, something that's been on my shelf since, like you said, about 2002. Um, and it's a record that I, I, I can't imagine not having in my regular rotation. It's, it's so good. Um, so we're going to listen to I Will Not Be Broken. Um, it's, a, it's an ornery track. It's so good. Enjoy. More and more states use lethal injection. One problem with injection is that the medical profession is hesitant to participate. How to carry out an execution hinges somewhat on how society views capital punishment. Is it to deter others from committing crimes, or is it simply to punish the guilty?
And that again was I Will Not Be Broken by Anasarka. Now they had a follow-up album to Moribund in 2004 called Dying. And um, it's another thematic record um, and lyrically composed uh, by patients with uh, terminal illness. Um, so it's, it's another one that's a, a worthy listen. It's savage as well um so if you like this check that out too um next up we're getting to the halfway point here folks we're talking about iniquity from denmark and their album serenadium just this this album rules 1996 released by rrs was reissued in 2017 by target group um Fun fact, in doing a little bit of research for this, Target Group's Bandcamp still has copies of the reissue available for sale. Um, if you dig this and you want to hear more of what Iniquity sounded like during this era, fucking hit them up. Um, Iniquity is another band that were kind of darlings for a minute. Um, the first time they came across uh, my peripherals, was with their album Five Across the Eyes. That was the follow-up to this one. Um, and it is a it's, it's, it's a technical masterstroke of complicated death metal. <laughs> um, their follow-up to that, Grime, just as brutal, just as technical, just as complex. Um, however, with Serenadium, this is where they got their start. And this is dirtier, uh, grungier, just filthier death metal. Uh, if you are familiar with Suffocation's uh, first EP, uh, which, fuck, I can't place the title of in my head right now. Um, at any rate, uh, it was a far more primitive outing than Suffocation would ever really do again. Um, and in the case of Iniquity here, it's kind of the same scenario. It is just a dirty, primitive death metal record. There's a shit ton of pinch harmonics, which I'm a sucker for, um, especially when they're used in excess like they are here. Um, because if you're going to be ridiculous, just go all out. Uh, guttural vocals, and it's all gore and death and doom on this record. There's nothing deep about it. Um, and that's one of the beautiful things about this record. It just, it, it's caveman death metal, but with a, a flair, uh, and some elegance to it. Um, it's just fucking awesome. Uh, I'm going to play the track Spectral Scent, and this was hard to narrow down. Again, like all of these, I like every track on this album. Um, this, I think, kind of embodies what you're going to get as a whole from this record and uh, i hope you dig it as much as i do here we go with spectral scent <laughs>
Fucking love that morose, morose. Oh, could you get any more morose than that fucking piano bit at the end? Uh, just love how the track leads into that, and then it just ends. Uh, again, Spectral Scent by Iniquity off of Serenadium. Next on the list, uh, Mastic Scum. Man, there's a band that nobody talks about. Uh, and the one we're going to talk about today is their first EP from 1993, released by Rodell Records, Ephemeral Cerebral Butchery. And this fucking album is a scorcher. Um, Mastic Scum came from Austria. Uh, the reason this album is unique is because it's a death metal album, for sure. It may have some grind leanings, but it is a death metal album. Uh, it's comparable to uh, a lot of the stuff coming from Germany at the time, uh, at the same time. Uh, depression, blood, fucking nyctophobia, um, all bear similarities uh, to this Mastic Scum output. Um, it's, like I said, their first EP, uh, which followed their demo in 1992 and was followed by another self-released demo uh, before basically they totally changed their sound from this sort of bludgeoning, pummeling, fucking death metal uh, savagery uh, to base razor grind, for uh, lack of a, a better term for it. I realize that's the name of a Lang Che album, but um, it's the type of sound that Mastic Scum kind of went for. Uh, you could compare them to, say, Malignant Tumor. Or fucking Nazum, again with a Nazum drop. Nazum, however you want to say that shit. Anyway, uh, Mastic Scum along the way has done a ton of shit. They have a huge discography. Um, and they have a lot of splits under their belts with bands like Hemorrhage, CSSO, Rotten Sound, Crippled Bastards, just to name a few. There are plenty more. Um, but again, like I said previously, this album is unique in that there's not really a lot of grind elements in it, at least not what Mastic Scum would kind of evolve into. Um, in this case, it's just primitiveness uh, at its best. Um, it is down-tuned, the bottom end is huge, and it is gory as fuck. It's, it's everything you want in a, in a dumb death metal record, and, and it's, it's here front and center. We're going to listen to Imminent Obscurity, Buckle up.
All right, we are hitting the bottom three here, folks. We've been trucking along. We're going to keep on trucking. Next on the list, on the docket, next up for your perusal, fucking oppressor. Solstice of Oppression. This is a fucking phenomenal album released in 1994 by Red Light Records. Uh, oppressor came from Chicago, Illinois, USA. And this album followed the As Blood Flows cassette that they released in 1993. Um, they would go on to release other albums after this. Not many. Um, Agony was the follow-up to uh, Solstice of Oppression in 1996. Uh, and then Elements of Corrosion in 1998. Uh, that latter has horrible cover art uh, and terrible production. But the songs on it are fucking excellent. It's 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 a good listen, um, even despite my criticisms. Uh, Agony is also solid, but for my money, their masterpiece, their 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 master stroke, came with Solstice of Oppression. This album is one of a kind. Um, there are no other death metal albums that I, I can really come up with off the top of my head that evoke uh, the type of atmosphere, uh, the type of um, instrumentalization as as this one does it is uh it's technical without being uh pretentious or noodly um it is complex without being alienating um it is just an excellent amalgamation of uh, musicianship and lyricism um that deals with you know the the expected gore and, and death but gets a bit deeper and and like i said with um mangled torsos uh, a bit more cerebral than your typical death metal output um you know this is this is not fucking um cannibal corpse <laughs> i love how it always comes down to a derogatory comment about cannibal corpse even though you know, love their fucking uh, Barnes era shit. Um, <laughs> it's true. Anyway, uh, how many of you did I just alienate myself? Fucking again, throwing Cannibal Corpse under the bus. Um, this stuff is phenomenal. Uh, it is. It's a special album, um, just in its uniqueness, and and, and how it stands there, uh, kind of uh, with dual personalities of. Uh, it's that technicalness uh, uh, mixed with that fucking just uh, knuckle-dragging um, savageness uh, of old-school death metal. It's it's phenomenal. Um, track I picked for this particular episode, As Blood Flows, uh, which was the title track off of their previous demo. Here it's a bit more polished and... Uh, Altogether excellent. Uh, fucking enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
And again, fucking let's give it up for oppression. And if you clap while you're listening after hearing that, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm sure they would too. Uh, <laughs> or not. Uh, this shit's insignificant when it comes down to it. Next and second to last on the docket, um, we've got another band that this one would probably fall more under the uh, maligned than disregarded. Um, and maligned strictly because of everything that we've already talked about. This is the only band on here that is considered a Christian band. Ooh, I know. God, what the fuck, man? Christian death metal? That's crazy. Yeah, well, there are some fucking good Christian death metal bands out there. Actually, one specifically, Mortification. Um, fucking Scrolls of the Megaloth. To date, one of the best death metal albums ever recorded. Sounds 100% more evil than whatever Incantation was doing at the same time. Just brutal, guttural, demented death metal from Australia uh, that like sounds far more sinister than it, it turned out to be once you actually sat down with a lyric booklet. But one of the cool things about Mortification was how their lyrics, while charged with their particular chosen crusade of spreading the word through death metal, uh, were on the obscure end of their faith. Um, so rather than, say, take the vengeance route of quoting Bible verses directly, they delved into a lot of the biblical history, um, especially the Old Testament, and came up with something just unmatched for its brutality, in my opinion. Now, the driving force of mortification, while they were good, was Jason Sherlock. Um, and he left mortification after their uh, post-momentary affliction album and started this band, Hewer. Hewer. <laughs> That's not the proper pronunciation of the word here. Started this here project, Paramecium. This is the album Exhumed of the Earth, released in 1993 by Rex Music. Rex was one of those labels that put out extreme Christian music. Um, <laughs> I came from a fairly religious household, uh, and so it was not uncommon to be going through my music collection and seeing uh, some releases from Rex uh, on my shelves, courtesy of you know my mom trying to... Uh, trying to get me to go the, the choose the righteous path. Um, and, you know, if not for that, uh, this never would have come across my radar. Um, a few of those uh, things have stuck with me. Primarily the mortification, obviously. Uh, Paramecium here. Uh, some of the old vengeance shit. Um, you know, uh, stuff in that realm. Um, anyway... Let's get back on track here. Uh, Paramecium. Uh, I toyed with the idea of originally not even putting them on this list um, because Paramecium pretty much epitomizes brutal funeral doom. It is slow and gnarly 
fucking death metal. It's guttural as fuck. Um, I, I'd be hard pressed to, to really throw in any more adjectives than that. Just caveman, slow, slow, slow. But they picked it up every once in a while. There are breakdowns. There are buildups. There are crescendos. There are tracks that start unrelentingly and end just as unrelentingly. Um, and the atmosphere on the record. Uh, I mean, if you thought Scrolls of the Megaloth, just upon hearing it, has that sinister, just evil atmosphere, this paramecium kind of triples that. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's funny that it's it's Christian. Um <laughs> Not as funny as I find a band like Horde, which also featured Jason Sherlock from Paramecium and fucking Mortification. And he's still working on projects, by the way. Um, I, I can't think of the name that uh, of what he's currently doing. Uh, it's technical. It's brutal. Uh, I want to say it's on Unique Leader or a label similar to that, maybe Willowtip. Um, I could be wrong. Correct me if I am, if you know the actual correct answer. Um, the track we're going to hear is injudicial and it's the shortest track on the album it's the gnarliest track on the album it's also the least cerebral track on the album uh, and the least atmospheric track on the album but um, where it's placed just ties the whole thing together so well um, and I, I'm fucking I'm not religious bear that in mind I think fucking religion is 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 kind of baseless and, and unnecessary uh, in this day and age. Um, so their beliefs that they espouse on this album, um, I just consider part of that atmosphere. Um, it's the same way that I can stomach, you know, the, the lyrics by Cannibal Corpse. Um, it's all really just fucking fantasy uh, when it comes down to it. Uh, you know, until you start bringing politics into it and then, then I call bullshit. Um, at any rate, sit down, turn up your headphones, and enjoy this next fucking cut.
time for one more track off of one more record by one more fucking band and that band that i want to talk to you about last definitely not least is kamos i'm assuming that that is the correct pronunciation from sweden and their album lucifer rising released in 2005 by Candlelight Records and Imperium Productions. Uh, Lucifer Rising was a follow-up to Kamos' self-titled debut, which was released in 2002. Uh, they followed that up with a split with Repugnant uh, in 2003, another band from Sweden that is criminally underhyped uh, in the death metal underground, and Kamos even more so. Um, members of Kamos involved in too many projects to recount, but uh, there are folks from this lineup that are currently working in Head of the Serpent, uh, a band that I'm honestly unfamiliar with, um, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about Kamos, and I'm talking about Lucifer Rising. This album is just uh, a triumph of satanic Swedish death metal. Um, it really doesn't get more blasphemous than this track, at least as far as this list is considered. Uh, just a din of profanations and blasphemies against the throne of Christ. You know, what you want all of your death metal to be about besides you know, gore and bloodshed, uh, satanic diatribes against the throne of Christ. <laughs> naturally um razor sharp guitars on here it's swedish uh and i don't want to say it sounds swedish but um it does uh, you will definitely hear similarities to uh necrophobic or even dissection um on here and yeah repugnant um and that doesn't make it a weaker album. Um, it, it holds its own strengths. The, uh, the songwriting's phenomenal. Uh, the rhythm section, the, the guitar playing, the drumming, all the instrumentation is, is perfect as it should be, uh, in sync and, and tight. And um, it sounds fucking phenomenal. Uh, lyrically, I mean, what do you want? It's, it's fucking satanic. Um, you know, it's pretty par for the course for 2005. Uh, I don't think a lot of bands were really uh, approaching deeper concepts back then. Um, you know, there there have been kind of eras where deeper concepts have been explored uh, and encouraged in, uh, under the umbrella of death metal. 
um, I don't think 2005 was one of those. That was more when when black metal was getting weird. Um, anyway, that's that's a bit of a of a tangent, and aside, um, we're gonna check out theriomorphic pandemonium. <laughs> Excellence brought to you by the Swedes in Kamos. 
another one, as all all of these uh, that I can't recommend highly enough. Um, and that's it. That's the episode. That's a wrap, folks. Uh, until the next time, which uh, should be sooner than later. Uh, I've already got the topic in mind and have started work on putting it together. So um, maybe not as long of a gap between this and that. We'll see what happens. It is going into the holidays, which means I think as with everyone, I'm going to be fucking busy, um, but I am going to make as much time for this as possible. Uh, I hope you heard something that you liked. Uh, you know, uh, I love doing this podcast so far, uh, and I can't wait to do more. The support, the feedback, that means the world. Uh, it's it's one of the reasons why I do this. I mean, ultimately, I, I do this to, you know, like <laughs> stroke some narcissistic uh, fragment of my own brain. But um, <laughs> that aside... I do it for the dialogue and for the discourse and for the conversation um, and just basically to, you know, like come together with other like-minded fans uh, of the music um, because that's ultimately what I, I am. It's all I am is a fan of the music um, among other things. Um, <laughs> but we won't get into any of those in the podcast. Um, again, Thank you for listening and for the support. It, it means a lot. And uh, I look forward to next time. Keep it real. <laughs>